Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. So, uh, obviously, if you've been listening to our news bulletins there with John and with myself earlier on this morning, you'll know that uh, today is the day Cabinet signed off yesterday evening on the plans for the return of indoor hospitality in the next week or so. Uh, We're still waiting on a date. Um, I mean, it's been a long time coming. Uh, We've been waiting on this now since Christmas. It was Christmas Eve, in fact, when hospitality um, closed up. And uh, so, you know, it's it's, it's not before time, but uh, it seems it's it's maybe still fraught a little bit with difficulty. I'm joined on the Nile Boylan show today by Sean Defoe, political correspondent. Sean, good afternoon. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us. No worries, how you um, So look, where do we stand then? Because we seem to have had sort of little bits of conflicting information maybe from ministers over last night and in recent days. Do we have a date yet, do we know? No, we don't. It's going to be sometime next week if the legislation goes go through. And that's uh, as of new developments this morning, a pretty big if as we stand right now. Uh, but if it does, it'll be the date that uh, I'm hearing from some ministers is the 23rd. They'd like to have it in place for Friday the 23rd. If not, then no later than the 26th. The problem they have is it's not entirely in their hands. Even if the Oireachtas does pass this legislation by Friday, it then has to go over to the President because uh, there are some issues, or some people certainly think there are issues with the constitutionality of it in that you're allowing one section of society to do something that others can't. That might take a little bit of consideration. So uh, they can't. They're loath to put a direct date on it when it is somewhat out of their hands. Okay, so we thought we were getting to a point where we were going, where it was going to be, I'd hate to use the word straightforward, but that we had a roadmap at least over the next week or so. But you're, you're indicating now that may not even be the case. Well, it'll be sometime in the next 10 days. That's, that's certainly what the government is planning. I think the, the um, focus on putting the wheel, if you like, today is that uh, the Iraqis Health Committee this morning basically has to waive in order to get this through and done by Friday, they have to waive the usual scrutiny they put on a bill, what's called pre-legislative scrutiny, basically where they look over the legals of it and do a, lot, a bit of a deep dive. That usually takes a decent bit of time. They're being asked to skip that by the health minister. And they had a meeting this morning where they were given a, a briefing by health officials on the legislation. And a number of people on the committee I spoke to in the opposition said it was an absolute mess. They don't think it's enforceable uh, at all, that there's huge issues that still have to be raised. So they're not happy waive that scrutiny, it's going to go to a vote at about half twelve. The government can ram that through if they absolutely need to, but from what I understand, there's some pretty significant concerns among government members of the Health Committee too. So, firstly we have to see if that does pass. If it does, there's every possibility that the government can ram it through this week in in a very short debate but there's been a string of parties out, people before profit, the rural independents, now Labour, mm-hmm. all saying this is being a mess, that this is trying to do it in such a truncated way when you are restricting citizens' rights in this sort of way mm-hmm. isn't the right way to go. Uh, and so there's going to be a lot of, of criticism of it. Now, it's still impossible that they can stick to their, their timelines that the government wants, but it's not going to be an easy uh, path. OK, but am I right in thinking that ultimately at the end of the day, no matter what the, uh, the shouting and yelling from the opposition benches may be, it's a numbers game at the end of the day and if the government parties are falling into line and voting, um, that the vote will get through in some way, shape or form. 
Yeah, if they do all back it, they have the numbers to, to do that, to force it through the committee today, through the Dáil over the next few days, and through the Shanna. The question is whether they have everyone in a row, because okay. remember a couple of weeks ago when this idea first came to light at the parliamentary parties, there were a number of TDs in both Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil who said they'd vote against such a discriminatory measure to allow only some people, only fully vaccinated people in. And that was in the heat of the NEFRD recommendations, whether they'll do that when push comes to shove, given that for a lot of people in the hospitality sector, the other option is they don't open, probably not until closer to September. They're likely to feel that heat at a, at a local level back to them. So ultimately, I think this probably still does get done. But uh, the way the communications has gone with ministers saying different things about how you're going to get your vaccine cert this morning, it's been messy and that, that mess is likely to continue. And also, uh, um, and I appreciate you, you, you need to, to rock on, but, I, but just if you could put just some clarity, if we have it at this stage, on one or two of those um, seeming contradictions. You know, we're hearing from some ministers that there's going to be a time limit. Michal Martin saying uh, one hour, 45 minute time limit out of an abundance of caution. Leo Varadkar saying last night the time limit only applying where tables are less than two metres apart. Do we have any clarity on that? Yeah, it's the version that Leo Varadkar was saying. If the tables are more than two metres apart, then there won't be a time limit. If they are anything less than that, then there is going to be the time limit on indoor dining. Again, out of an abundance of caution as opposed to anything else. There's going to be fairly detailed Forge Ireland guidelines coming in the next day or two that will get into a bit more detail, but it's the, the latter version of those two. OK, and then in terms, um, briefly, Sean, uh, in, in terms of enforcement, I mean, we heard JP McMahon from an air in Galway today going like, this is just ridiculous. He, he likened it to something from Monty Python saying that, uh, you know, you can't have people going in to uh, venues. You know, can you turn off the music while I check your COVID certs? What's, what, you know, what, what, what is the government thinking and, and what are the full Ireland guidelines going to be in terms of who's responsible for checking people's certs or not? Yeah, the enforcement bit I think is going to be where things get messy because by and large it's going to be self-enforcement by the restaurants and the pubs themselves. So what my understanding of what is going to happen is that if you have booked a table in a restaurant, you'll go in, it'll be the, the job of the, the owner of the property or whoever checks you in to make sure that everyone is fully vaccinated, to check your, your digital COVID cert. There is a likelihood that they will have an app to do that, that they'll just be able to scan the QR code on the digital COVID cert. But what that app is and how it will be rolled out, we don't have the full detail of yes. If people themselves are caught forging a document, there's going to be a fine of up to €2,500. There is potentially fines for premises that aren't going to, that don't enforce it or that are caught not enforcing this, okay. but they're very much the messaging from government has been, look, there aren't going to be guardies standing outside the shop enforcing this. It is going to be left up to the, the individual restaurants and pubs. So you can see there where the holes start to emerge in the plan from a public health point of view. And what they're really trusting is that people will stick to these restrictions in order to get it open rather than face the prospect of staying closed for a long time. But a lot of TDs and talking to on the Health Committee this morning saying, look, they're, they're entirely unconvinced by the answers on enforcement from, from health officials. OK, so we're not there yet. More, more to go. Sean Defoe, political correspondent, thanks very much for your time today. You know, Sean, they're trying to, to um, give us some of the answers, but it seems like there are still so much around this, which is, which is vague and very up in the air. Uh, and that's even before you get to the first stage of going through the houses of the Oireachtas. I'm joined now by Noel Keane, who's the owner of Cree Restaurant in Tralee. Noel, I mean, you are one of the uh, 150 thousand there or thereabouts hospitality uh, workers uh, and owners that have been out of work now for hundreds of days um, essentially uh, apart from maybe a a brief respite in the run up to Christmas 
Are you reassured in any way by what you're hearing today that actually you are going to be back in business and in a meaningful way in the next week, 10 days or so? Hi, Hara. How are you? Um, um, no, just no is the simple answer. Absolutely not. They've come up with this plan, which is harebrained, ludicrous. There's holes in it before they've even started it. Um, they have no idea how they're going to enforce it, but they're going, there's talks about fines for not enforcing it on something we don't know how we're supposed to enforce. Um, the, there's, uh, your previous uh, talker there said that there was going to be QR codes and scans, but that's not ready yet and won't be until they're calling a phase two. So it has to be printed out and handed in because, you know, that can't be falsified or faked or anything because it's just a printed piece of paper. Um, the whole plan is it's bonkers. So I'm loath to ask this question of you as somebody who has been out of business for so long. Do you think it would have been better to wait until September as some um, some in political cir- circles are suggesting today that this is being rushed through, as you say yourself, holes all over it, harebrained, uh, completely unclear. Would it not be better to wait? It's very easy for them to sit above in the doll and say, wait, why they get their paychecks every weekend and, you know, thousands, hundreds of thousands of uh, people remain on pop because businesses remain closed because they couldn't get their act together. Um, it wouldn't be accepted in any other industry. It, you know, um, it, as I said it before, if these people worked in the private sector, not one of them to be in a job, they'd all have been sacked for the idiocracy of what they're doing. Um, they've, you know, it's, they they closed. They, they we were supposed to open. They closed us or refused to allow us to open days before we were supposed to open with no plan, um, no thought pattern put into it. Now they're rushing something through that um, requires legislative changes. Has to go through the the Dolly Rockets be signed off by the president. We're presuming it'll all get through until the first solicitor looks at it and finds another hole um, and has to pull it again. Um, there's no backup plans. There's no thought process. Um, we, we've been calling for stuff for a year now of, of laydown regulations around airflow, ventilation. You know, now now they're talking about that. You know, you're a year and a half late, lads. Um, but do you accept, Noel, that this is a fast-moving situation which has been, you know, prone to trial and error, which, uh, you know, we've, we've had uh, in some instances... Neffet's advice not being followed up by the government and it's they've ended up with egg on their face and then sometimes when they have they've ended up with egg on their face because of the level of, of public disquiet and, and disquiet among the business community. So while I accept that, it, that it's, it's easy to criticise those who are making these decisions, do you have any level of empathy for the fact that they're very difficult decisions sometimes to make? No. None whatsoever? None whatsoever. That's what they've been paid for. Right, but but but, but my but, yeah, but and look look at the rest of the world. They've well, all done it. They've all opened. You know, we're and so and we're behind. and we're yes, but we're starting to increasingly see Noel that you know other areas that have that have done it and were lauded for their successes. Australia being one, the Netherlands being another. Um, that that you know the pre- the, the president of the Netherlands apologised yesterday uh, for for loosening up too quickly. Yeah, we, we, they opened up nightclubs and stuff and, and it backfired on them. And, and, you know, look, there's 
people in stadiums in the Euros, we've all seen it over mm. the last few weeks, tens of thousands, you know, why yeah. can't put 40 people in, in, a, in a big building? Yeah, you know. but but it has to be said, Noel. And I mean, again, you know, I'm 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 not. I, I think there was a, a level of of probably split between admiration and abhorrence when you saw people crammed into stadiums for the Euros. But I mean, it has to be said that today, weekly COVID figures in the UK and England uh, show deaths are there now are at their highest level since min, since mid May. They are. They absolutely are. But you know. Um we we were supposed to have a living with COVID plan that we've not seen since. Um, if they had turned around at the start of the summer when, when they were going with this um, meaningful summer of outdoors and stated then, right, lads, look, unfortunately, this is the situation. We're going to have to wait till September. Okay? Yeah. We, w- we wouldn't have been happy, but we would have taken it on the chin. But instead, what they've done is given us date after date, leak after leak, you're opening, you're not opening, we have a plan, we don't have a plan, we have to put a plan through this. Um, and then when they come up with the plan, instantly everybody looks and goes, that's not workable. So you've had all this time to come up with a plan and everybody looked at it and went, well, that's not workable. Do you think there's been a lack of consultation, Noel, with the Absolutely. likes of the vintners and with the likes of the Restaurants Association? There's been zero all along. Nothing. There's been nothing. All we, all we do is we, we're, we're working off of leaks on radio shows as to what our industry is facing. You know, it's this constant leaks in papers, newspapers, uh, some statement said somewhere that you're, everybody's going, what, you know, contradictory by one minister after another. And that's no way to try to run or open a business or, or run our lives. Um, they've, they've literally, I mean, the amount of people I know that run restaurants that are, absolutely destroyed mentally from this because of this constant leaks, this constant thing of, oh, we have a date, we don't have a date. Oh, no, we're changing that date again. It's like, just stop. Come up with a solid plan. And, and, and Noel, what, if it was up to you, what would that solid plan be? What, you're the restaurateur, you're the person who knows how you're able to deal and interact and check or, or not check paperwork and certs on the way in. You're the one who knows how many covers you need at night time to, to, to make a few quid for your evening. You're the one who knows the tourist flow and the local flow um, of clientele in your area intrally. How do you think it could work? What would you do that would allow you to open safely and being mindful of public health guidelines? No restaurant wants to open and then cause any health problem at all. Never. We all want to open safely. We did it last summer. We were open last summer. No vaccines. We were open. We were under strict guidelines, which we adhered to. We social distanced the tables. We reduced our capacities. We did everything that was asked of us. And we showed we could open safely over a long period of time. But yet, in the run-up to Christmas, we had Neffet saying from sort of the end of October into November they wanted to go to a level 5 lockdown the cabinet railed against it and didn't do it we had a period of time of indoor uh, dining and drinking and we saw what happened when the then alpha variant hit Irish shores coming from the UK and we ended up with a health system in crisis 
for a number of months after. Where where did that variant come from? Did it come from a restaurant? Well, I mean, it spread somehow and of all of the things that were open, there were shops, supermarkets, restaurants. I mean, you know, society was essentially fully reopened, possibly with the exception of a few of a few gyms. Yeah, but that variant didn't manifest itself here. That variant came in. Yes, but when it was here, it spread, Noel, you know, and that's the whole point. And, and that's what they're saying, the Taoiseach saying an abundance of caution uh, is necessary. High levels of compliance are going to be needed. And I, I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not uh, you know, necessarily championing the government's cause here, but I am making the point that we're still at a very uncertain point, according to the public health experts. I mean, Paul Reid from the HSE today saying that cases, testing and positivity rates all increasing here now. And he's referred to those as early warning signs. Yeah, no, I mean, trust me, everybody in hospitality is watching the figures like a hawk um, because we know that it impacts us. Um, But, you, you know, you're talking there, all of these things are going up when when the numbers spiked at Christmas, restaurants and pubs were blamed. You can't blame us this time. It wasn't us. Whereas the last time we were open, last summer, we didn't cause the, the, the we had no outbreaks, we had no, we weren't the cause of, of you know, of, of massive numbers. So the numbers are coming from elsewhere in society. But you keep, but everybody keeps pushing it to hospitality is the dangerous place. One minister said, was it last week? that the difference between hotel and, uh, hotels and restaurants being open was the toilets. Yes, I heard How that. How ludicrous mm. is that? That person there on that simple statement should resign on stupidity. I mean, and, and my God. Is that, that, like that, that must be one of the, the most bitter pills to swallow. I mean, you know, you've got a situation whereby potentially from the 26th, if not slightly before it, of this month, you're going to have people who were unvaccinated working behind the bar or serving tables in a restaurant, but they couldn't actually sit and have a, a meal or a pint in one themselves the um, because they're unvaccinated. Logic, yeah, you've the got, only place that you, makes logic is in the government's head. You've Nobody got, else sees the logic in that. You've got people who are able to go to a hotel currently and sit and eat indoors. You've got people who can attend up to 50 people at weddings currently eating indoors. Um, so is, is, is that really what, what sticks in your craw the most? Well, I can, I can go downtown and I can go into any shop, walk in and around. Most of those people in supermarkets, in clothes shops are not vaccinated either. But we can go in and out of those shops, no mm. problem. I can go to the cinema, I can go to the gym, mm. I can book into a hotel, sit in the bar with a bunch of people, have a drink, have my dinner. I can then go up to Shannon Airport, get on a plane with hundreds of other people and fly for four to six hours to the States if I want. That's all safe. Mm. But 30 people for an hour and a half inside a restaurant is, you know, will bring Armageddon upon us. No, Keen, I have to say we have great sympathy for you. Um, Hopefully you're going to get the news that you're you're sitting waiting on, although Sean Defoe indicating it's probably going to be a little bit more complicated than we may have believed even yesterday or this morning. Where do you stand on this? Are you dying to get out and sit and eat and drink indoors? Are you concerned about these anomalies that are there, that it's okay to do it in certain circumstances or not? Are you worried by the um, the statements that we're getting from the likes of Paul Reid from the HSE that uh, cases, testing, positivity rates for COVID and largely now it's the Delta variant are all on the increase? Or do you think we should just now forget about the whole thing, move on and get back to living? 
living life normally. Let us know what you think. 087188 is the WhatsApp number to get in touch with the programme today. We're waiting still for the details and the meat on the bones of the return of indoor drinking and dining. Uh, it's going to be probably a bumpier passage through the Oireachtas than we had thought uh, based on what uh, political correspondent Sean Defoe told us at the front of the programme. Um, obviously an incredibly difficult time for all of the people working in the hospitality sector. And then of course you get to the contradictions and the you know varying what you can do and what you can't do and what's public health and what's discrimination and almost, you know, what's a form of apartheid. Some people who for no reason or for no fault of their own can't be vaccinated are going to be excluded. Other people who are choosing maybe for their own reasons not to be vaccinated uh, are going to be excluded. Is this fair? It's certainly uh, uh, certainly no clarity. That's the one thing that... Um, that, that we're still sitting here, you know, at, at 12.30 on the day when we were expecting to have meat on the bones of this and, and the representatives of the hospitality industry going in to meet government officials, waiting to hear what they can do and when they can do it. Uh, and still, we're in a state of confusion. Uh, of course, lots of us as well today uh, checking frantically either the postbox or our email inbox to see have our green certs arrived. Dermot's on the line. Uh, Dermot, thanks for joining us on the Nile Boylan show. So you're dying to get away on holiday or you're dying to go in and have a pint in your local pub. And you're going to go for a pint. You just want to go for a pint. Well, at least you're honest. I think most of yeah. us do. And it's okay on the days that we can when we're outdoors. But Dermot, you are one of the lucky ones. And I use that in inverted commas. But your green cert arrived today, I believe. It but did. It did. And I was, I was delighted when I seen it. And it was a great sort of feeling of um, relief. But then I looked at it again and realised that they spelled my name wrong. Oh no, here we go. So it's just in case I do go on holiday, you know, that's where that could get complicated, of course, at the airport. So, of course, I look through the document and there's an 1800 free phone number helpline, which is not set up yet. Oh. So I take myself into Baggage Street, into the Department of Health, because I was going that way this morning. And okay. And I go. In I go, and a nice young lady comes out, and I wasn't allowed into the building, even though I'm vaccinated. I stand outside, but that's okay. So she went in and did all her phone calls, and came back and went in, and came back and went in. So, well, look, we don't know what problems are going to come of this, so we haven't set up the hotline yet. Well, that's reassuring when they started issuing Isn't them yesterday. It just, just, I mean, the, the whole thing is all over the place. Like, you know, there, there was my feeling this morning. It's like when all these lockdowns and you get this great feeling. Then all of a sudden they do something just to pull the rug. They do it every time. And this is like, they didn't set out to do me personally, but I'm sure I'm not the only one. But that's how I felt this morning. Like, I felt great. I, I'm finally getting out of this. Mm. And then the rug was just pulled. And did they give you any reassurance, um, Dermot, that really what matters here is the QR code? So the QR code is the is the essential element of this search. Nothing. And once Nothing. you're able to scan your your QR code, that's it, you're fine. I mean, I haven't heard, again, we've had no explainer yet as to um, how exactly and precisely it's going to work. Um, you know, we, we discussed it from a travel perspective yesterday. Right, you rock up to the airport or the port or wherever it is that you're going or the pub or the restaurant and you scan your phone or you produce your piece of paper. 
but I presume, therefore, when you're going through an airport in particular, they're going to want to cross-reference that with your passport, I would have thought. Well, well that's, that's where I was going to... That's where I would fear that it would fall into a problem. I'm sure in a restaurant, they're not going to check my ID. I'm, I'm definitely over 21. <laughs> so uh, they're not going to check an ID to see if my name's spelled right. So, um, I mean, that, that's where I would foresee the problem is at the airport or the port. You know, when you're producing a passport and they have to be the same and stuff like that. I mean, these are things that they should have, right? I mean... But can, can, I, can, I, can I ask you, Dermot, when you, uh, when you were vaccinated, were you vaccinated at one of the vaccination centres through the HSE portal or was it through your GP? It was um, through my GP. I was sent because I had a, uh, a previous condition. So I was sent out to the Aviva Stadium. Everything went well with that, like, you know. Got the AstraZeneca, a bit sick after the first one, the second one was grand. Like, but, you know, I'm not 100% behind the vaccine, but I just wanted to get my life back up and running. I wanted to get back to normal. I have two young kids. I want everything to be back to normal for them, you know. Yeah, I think that's how a lot of people feel that they wouldn't necessarily be rushing out to get a vaccine. They wouldn't maybe necessarily be going and getting the flu jab every year. Absolutely, yeah. But for the yeah, for the great for the for well, I suppose in the first instance, for some level of protection for the greater good of society, taking one for the team, all of those yeah, reasons, yeah. a lot of people are having vaccines, whereas maybe they wouldn't. It wouldn't be their natural uh, inclination to do so. Do you feel let down now by this? Are you worried? Like, had you plans? I mean, I know you said you were dying to get out for a pint. I understand that. But at the end of the day, you can go and sit in, in the beer garden and have a pint. So you're not going to lose out hugely over the next week or two if you can't sit indoors, right? OK, it's not the end of the world, maybe, while this is. But you didn't have a flight booked or anything, maybe, where there, there could be a more serious complication to this. No, I've been looking at flights, though. I have been looking at it. I was waiting to get this cert because I knew there was going to be some sort of a problem. I was waiting to get it, to have it in my hand. So I, then I would book a flight and I would have the confidence of booking a flight. Yeah, I know. And now a, a, a kick in the teeth just when you thought things were... It were... really is. It really is. And it shouldn't surprise me, but here we are. Yeah, I want to bring in Dave. Um, stay with me, uh, uh, Dermot. But I want to bring in Dave. Yeah. Dave, um, what's your situation? You, you you were looking at a staycation, but now you're not so sure. No, we had one booked, but I cancelled it the other day. Okay, and why did you cancel? Uh, well, a couple of reasons. Like I'm vaccinated now, uh, but my partner isn't. She might not be able to get vaccinated on medical grounds. But like. We're not going to know the answer to that question, you know, by the time this, you know, say this vacation had rolled around. And um, what was the point in, I mean, as everybody probably knows, it's cost an arm and a leg to stay anywhere in Ireland this year anyway. Mm-hmm. So what was the point put myself like to go to 600 quid out for three nights away to sit in the B&B room, you know? Yeah. If we were staying in, they weren't doing dinner, and they weren't doing uh, breakfast because of COVID. Then we were the idea was we should look if we can go to a restaurant in the evening time is fine but like the thing and we were staying along the west coast and think about the west coast is if the weather's good it's good but if the weather's bad it's bad you know you could yeah. see everything that's to be seen in the day yeah you know, so it was a bit disheartening now if I'm being honest with you you know we were looking forward because we haven't been away together in God for five years 
So. R- right, okay. So a long overdue holiday. Obviously, last oh. year wasn't an option. Maybe there weren't, you know, we didn't have huge options last year either. A lot of people did do the staycation. A lot of people feeling they got burnt badly financially for doing it or because yeah. of the weather. Um, it's, it's actually, you know, it's actually cheaper to uh, go off the Lanzarote for a week than it is to stay in Dingo for a week there now. I'd well believe it. I'd well believe it. And I mean, I don't know if you've if you've kids to, to factor into the equation, but I mean, I know I myself do. that I, I've I've had a look around and I mean, yeah, look, you know, and you and and you also really want to support the business owners who have been closed oh, and, and out of business for so long. You want yeah, to do the right thing. No, definitely. The thing that just doesn't make one iota of sense to me is we did indoor dining last year and it was done fantastically. You know, I mean, they said last year, last summer, like, you know, the cases was, what was it, like 0.5% of all cases came from for the pubs, like mm-hmm. uh, for the restaurants. Now, look, I know, yeah, Christmas time. But at Christmas time, it was a multifaceted problem. It wasn't just the restaurants. You had Christmas parties from work. You had people, you know, like having house parties. You people tried to have a normal question. Yeah, so your families getting together, yeah. Yeah, you don't. I don't think it's fair just, you know, lamping it all on them. And as well, if we take the longer look into, say, the next year or two and the effect this is going to have on the economy, anyone on a PUP payment who's put on one this year has to pay it all back in one slap next year. I don't know if that's I don't know I don't know if that's necessarily factual. They're talking about, you know, phased payments and and that nobody's going to be sort of horrendously out of pocket for it. But where do you stand, Dave, when it comes to I mean, I, I appreciate your holidays ruined, your staycation's been cancelled. It might get pushed down the road a bit. Do you, do you do you have Sympathy, I suppose we we all have have sympathy for the people who are who are out of business and who can't reopen or are going to have to reopen in a very troublesome and problematic way from next week. Fingers crossed. But then, do you have any concerns? I mean, you were saying you're vaccinated, your partner isn't. Mm. Do you have any concerns about the fact that you know the warnings that we're getting? You know, the HSE chief executive saying this morning these are early warning signs. We've had testing and positivity rates up. You know, oh, are you yeah, concerned no, look, about I, the public look, health element or or are you, are you just over it? Do you know what? To be honest with you, I think like everybody else, we're all just a bit browned off now. We're kind of, you know, like at the start, there was a certain novelty, you know, it was a, like Jesus says, it's like we're in the films. But now people are just browned off with it. Like we do have the vaccination. We do have, you know, a, a tool, like a, something in our arsenal here that we didn't have last year. But unfortunately, a lot of the big problems we have is People are losing faith because of all the flip-flops. Like, if they just said, right, this is what we're going to do, and we're going to stick to this, we could all, you know, grin and bear and say, look, if it's for the greater good, that's fair enough. Like, I'm I'm not one of these people saying, let's open it all up in the morning, because that could end up being disastrous. You know, I mean, hindsight's a wonderful thing, and maybe in years to come, we'll look back and say, Jesus, we shouldn't have done X, Y, and Z. But I think the biggest problem is we have policymakers seem to be more concerned about covering their own arses than actually, you know, looking at the damages it's doing to people's lives. I mean, it's easy for you to, you know, sit on top of a hill and pontificate to everybody else when, you know, your pension is secured. You yeah. are getting, you know, you're, you're, I mean, come on, it came out last year that they were looking for, um, to be able to claim for computers and stuff to, to do their meetings from home. Do you know? So there is this massive disparity between the has and the have not. Mm, yeah. You know, and that's fueling a lot of the anger that people are feeling at the moment. And then, I know they're not listening to Netflix now, but I guarantee when people are looking for heads to roll 12 months down the line, they're just going to say, Passbook and say, well, we were just listening to Netflix, you know. I mean, look at the difference between Nihal and Leo at the moment. You know, Leo is doing what he does best and speaking out of both sides of his mouth. 
Yeah, but Leo was the very one who went against Neffet advice last November and then end, we ended up, and I know some people on the text line are pointing out that, you know, that the health service is in crisis every winter. In actual fact, it was very different in the winter just gone because we didn't have people going in for cancer treatments and heart operations and all the rest of it. it so it wasn't just a normal winter surge. They're telling us now at the moment that the hospitals are so busy with people who are finally getting treatment so long delayed that they should have had 12 months ago but because they got caught up with everyone dealing with COVID now finally they're they're getting their hospital treatment and we're seeing levels of winter surge now in the middle of summer listen our health service is fallen over it has been for decades and it just seems to be a nut that this country and the and our successive governments don't seem to be able to crack Dermot I want to bring you back in there too do you have any concerns from the public health perspective you know we're all focused on what's in it for us getting out for the pint going on our holidays being able to head off down the country and eat and drink indoors but do you have any concerns I know you're fully vaccinated but do you have any concerns about you know younger people society in general and the fact that you know our hospitals hospital system is creaking already in summer when we don't actually have huge admissions because of COVID? I, I obviously would. Uh, at the start, I was very, very nervous. Um, and as this pandemic has gone on, I was nervous, but I was easing off on it because of all the mixed messages. There was nothing clear. Uh, we were told at one time that kids couldn't carry it. Then we told there were big carriers that you'd have to stay out of school. There were so many mixed messages that I, th- I think I had to stop watching the news and everything because it was actually getting to me then. Mm, I, like, yeah. I to, Sorry, it, as somebody who works in that, news, at least you had that option. <laughs> and don't get me wrong, yeah, I was yeah, delighted to have my yeah, job, yeah. you know, because I mean, yeah, you yeah. know, for any of us that could have gone either way. But... Yeah, again, does that not sort of, and, and, and I'm getting quite a lot of flack, right? Because I've got people here on, on the text line saying that I'm an yeah. apologist for the government and that I'm, you know, backing them and the calls they've made. I'm absolutely not. I'm in absolutely no sense, am I? But I am simply pointing out that things change really, really quickly in regards to this. So what might be the best decision one week is not necessarily the best decision three weeks later. And we're starting to see that now, um, as I mentioned when I was talking to Noel Keane about hospitality opening up in countries around the world and then suddenly they're rowing back on it. Now, not everywhere, absolutely not, but they are starting to row back on it. So do you have any level of understanding about how this can change from one minute to the other and sometimes decisions have to be made with the best available information at the time and it might change five days later? I just I don't I don't know what to think anymore. And that's being honest with you. Like I was sitting there, I heard that man from Korean restaurant there and I was feeling for him, you know, I was really feeling for him. Like, he, like us all, was sitting watching a football match on Sunday night with 60,000 people in there jumping on top of each other and other. And he can't have 30 people in a big premises. Yeah. Now, come on. How, I mean, how do you get your head around that even? Yeah, I'm not sure there is any getting your head around it, to be honest, Dermot. What, so what now with your, uh, with your cert that you have and uh, with the wrong name on it? Well, I couldn't even get a name or somebody to contact from the actual department. I went to the actual department and they wouldn't give, it was like the secret society in there. They wouldn't give me any names or contacts, numbers, nothing. No, no, no. Keep an eye on our website and we will keep you updated when the, the, the helpline is open. 
And here's the thing. You're potentially facing a fine of two and a half grand if you use a fake digital COVID search. So I don't know. I presume you're on record. You've been on the radio. You've tried to state I, your case. I've, you've called yeah, in. You've yeah, phoned. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hopefully uh, there's plenty there to back up your case uh, if yeah, they, they give it to you the wrong yeah, no, you are. I mean, well, I mean, certainly if it's a fake, if it's a forged COVID search, yeah, you're you're liable, you're yeah, potentially yeah. liable to a fine of two and a half grand. I think you'll probably be OK, but it doesn't, it's not exactly, uh, it doesn't instill you with much confidence, is it? That, you know, on the first day when pe- people are starting to get their digital green certs, that we're already uh, seeing incidences of, of, of ones that are, aren't exactly spot on. Um, where do you stand on this topic? Are you dying to get out? Are you uh, completely scared that what, now that you're starting to hear more incidences of, of more cases and more testing and more positivity rates? Do you think we should be holding off on indoor dining and drinking till September? Or do you think we should just be allowed to live our lives again? Let us know. 087188 is where you can get in touch with us on the WhatsApp line. Tara Duggan in for Niall Boylan today. Uh, yeah, very kind of mixed opinions on this. I think everyone largely just wanting to get on with life, but some people expressing complete and utter concern. Still around, uh, you know, numbers and, and what's the right thing or what's the wrong thing to do. Others then just completely dismissing it and saying that, you know, the 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 figures that we're seeing are completely erroneous. I've had a number of, of, of messages in saying it's, you know, it's all fake news. Uh, so I think, you know, we're all... We're, we're all kind of in, in a state of chassis about it, really. And there's a, you know, that we, we all have very, very differing views on it, but we're stuck with it. I mean, as much as we maybe wouldn't, wouldn't like to not have to be dealing with this or talking about it, uh, we are for the moment. Uh, Fergal uh, is joining us on the Nile Boylan show. How do we adapt to these changes, Fergal? And, and, you know, what do we do? Is it, is it just a case now that we have to just get on with it and just, we're going to face different decisions and decisions being rolled back on and things moving one step forward and two step back. We've been living with it for over a year. We're all fatigued to hell and we just are sick to the back teeth of it. Absolutely, Tara. Couldn't agree more. We are tired of it and we need solutions. Um, couldn't feel more for the hospitality sector and the difficulties that they face. But I think we need to be focused on solutions. Um, and I speak from a, techn- a technical background um, recently set up a company, now DCS, <coughs> stands for Departure Control, and what we do is we allow people or enable people to board aircraft safely um, with uh, COVID certificates, whether that's the EU one or the Travel Pass one. Okay, what and sorry, mean? when you when you say yeah. you allow them to, so, so are you oh. actually in situ in airports uh, around Europe? No. What so how do does it work? We've, we've developed software that allows you to board aircraft. So uh, first off, you, we've engaged with airlines and we uh, integrate with their boarding process. But that's not really the point of why I'm glad on the show. We've had to integrate the COVID, the EU COVID pass checking into that. And basically what we've done is we've a, a small app, and I'm sure there are many people out there building similar things at this point in time, a small app that reads the certificate and it validates that it's an actual um, uh, what's compliance certificate with the EU. Um, so basically I, I myself got the certificate this morning in, in email, Mm-hmm. And I can now swipe that using a mobile phone. Some of the words, the, uh, the, the hospitality sector could get that app or other apps similar and check people coming through with either their paper version of the EU certificate or a phone version and validate them with pure confidence that that person is compliant and it's easy. I kind of make it analogous to uh, checking to see if somebody's 18, and that's something we already do. 
we're talking about living with COVID. Check to see if they're 18. Check with them app to see if they have an EU certificate and sit down. Everyone feeling safe and comfy. Let's stress as well that this is an interim measure for three months and it's not discriminatory in that sense because over time what, what we're looking at here is a phased reopening. No apologies for the government, but I'd really like to see those 200,000 people that depend on hospitality getting back to work and feeling purposeful again yeah. and giving the rest of us somewhere to go to. Yeah, absolutely. But what about the case of Dermot? And this, this conversation around the COVID certs began when Dermot rang in a little while ago yeah. to say he got his COVID cert this morning, but it's in the wrong name. I was making the point that maybe what the, the important element of that is the QR code. So from yeah. your from the point of view of your technology, and I appreciate you're not the one who's who's maybe getting people on a flight in Dublin Airport on on the twenty first of July, and maybe you won't, you know, maybe it won't be your company and your company's technology that's helping to check somebody into a, a restaurant in in Bantry in, in a couple of weeks' time. But do you foresee that the fact that the name is wrong and that that's a clerical error somewhere along the line that the HSE have made or that somewhere in the chain have made is that going to be a problem or is it the actual bona fides of the, of the cert and the QR code that are important? Um, it's, it's moving that fast, Tara, that it's hard to actually say. Um, people are doing their best to enable people to get back to doing what they used to do, to going back into restaurants and to flying again. Um, the QR code, as I understand it, will be checked against uh, whether it's valid or not valid. Certainly in the hospitality sector, I would imagine that would be perfectly sufficient. For travel uh, from my own experience, not a broad experience and a long experience in, in the travel sector, um, yes, your passport name and your and your COVID name may well be an issue, but I don't know that hand on heart right now. Okay. All right. Do you see light at the end of the tunnel, Fergal? I mean, you're, in, you're engaged in, in some aspect with the, re, the reopening through your company. Do you, do you think, I mean, do you really believe that this is a case? And you mentioned the legislation is for a three-month period. You personally don't believe it's discriminatory. A lot of people who are messaging into the programme really do. Um, and there, you know, there are calls for, for general elections, kick out uh, the people who are in power in making these decisions. We have heard this legislation, which is uh, going to be put through the Oireachtas this week is for an initial three-month period but it can be extended and we've had other COVID-based legislation extended already here. Do you really hand on heart think that we are nearing the end or at least starting the new path of living with COVID and just getting over it and not stopping and starting and, and closing things and reopening? I don't think um, I don't think anyone can predict exactly when the end of this will happen. I, I think we all know that um, we can look at, at what has happened in Ireland and say uh, that we've been well-minded, maybe over-minded, but do you know what? We haven't been impacted as badly as some other countries have been. Um, I would, I'm an optimist, absolutely believe we need to make progress in living with COVID and look at novel ways of doing that. I'd be a very brave opposition politician, and again, not about the government, I, you know, to, to say I'm not going to give 200,000 people the opportunity to get a start on their living with COVID process. And if having a, a, an electronic search allows me to do that um, as, as an ordinary Joe Soper going out for the night, 
then I welcome that. I'm an optimist. I can't help that. Okay, Fergal, good luck. And let's hope your optimism is placed rather than misplaced. A lot of people really not having the same view on things as Fergal, though. Uh, time, I suppose, will be, unfortunately, what we're stuck with again, yet again, where, you know, we think we're almost out and then, you know, we get another little knockback. But hopefully we won't be talking about this again in a year, at least it, not unless it's actually doing the post-mortem on it. And do you know what? I don't even think I want to be involved with that at that point. We'll all be sick to the back teeth of it. Uh, Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits.